Jumbo Marafiki and welcome to the True Rafiki Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and welcome to the episode. Just before we get into today's episode, again, same as two weeks ago, please excuse the less than ideal sound quality. We had to do this interview via Zoom, and Zoom doesn't have the greatest audio recording interface. So, of course, once COVID is done, we will up the sound quality the best I can. Now, one last thing, don't forget to follow me on social media at RafikiPod. You can find it in the description of this episode. You can also find the social media of my friend Terrell, who's in this episode, down in the description as well. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to, uh, yeah, just treat myself, and I appreciate all the support. Anyways, without further ado, here is Terrell and I um, basically just talking for an hour. But trust me, it's worth the listen. What's up, people? I have Terrell Smith, close friend of mine from university, an OG. I've known him for six years. It's a long time, man. Six he was like, years. He was like <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Hey, do you feel old yet? You're 24, man. You're in your mid-20s. Bruh, I felt old last year. I started it off with goat year, Damn. popped bottles. And see, the joke of the whole thing about my birthday last year was that very night world war three jokes were flying Damn. that was <laughs> <laughs> like i literally i am i am drunk and i go on twitter and i just see world war three and i'm like what's going on damn that would be crazy that would be crazy what's going on that was a year ago man more oh. than a year ago now that was because that was last january because your birthday's january right early january so man yeah that that's been it's been a crazy year last year. It's been a crazy year. It's been one crazy year. So <laughs> I feel old. Trust me, I feel old when I just look at my brother. Oh, I don't, you yeah. haven't seen Tavald. Yeah. Tavald is 16, turning 17, damn, and so he's taller than me. He's driving now, right? He's No, he's not driving yet. Not yet, not he's yet. Not, soon, soon, though. He's still he's still mature. He's soon, though. But yeah. Soon, though. But um, he's taller than me. He's a, like he's actually looks like he can play Division One football. Damn. <laughs> Like he's Damn. actually big. Send that boy to the US. Get him in a prep school. <laughs> Bro, he's too nah, he ain't interested. He wants to play video games. That's video who games? He, that's him. He's a video game man. So like like a streamer or something, he's streaming video games, Twitch and all that. Honestly, he plays Call of Duty. I don't know if he what he does with his friends, but I mean I feel like he must be doing something. Yeah, yeah. Because he has PayPal. <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah, must be making something on the side. Who knows? I don't know must how that be. works. He has PayPal. Damn. I don't know how it works either. I mean, my friend, <laughs> my friend, my friend streams and he twitches. Yeah, he uses Twitch. Yeah, but um, uh, I stream and I have I stream, but I usually stream just for fun. Like I don't yeah. stream to be. I'm not like seriously streaming. I just stream just because I'm like, hey, if, I don't know if any of y'all not? are bored out there. Why not? Just want to yeah. take a look, you know, see what I'm doing. No, I feel you. I feel but, you. But um, because you're already playing yeah, a game, I, you know. Like if, if if you're already playing, you may as well stream. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, really who knows? So, Trust me. Some I think I think the great thing, the crazy thing that people don't understand about the internet and kind of how the world is going in sense of, in the sense of media yeah. and entertainment is that Twitch is like the next step. Twitch yeah. is like when you think about it, Twitch is a, a platform which you can pretty much watch anything yeah. live. Yeah, that's amazing. So that take that's an amazing thing. It could be anything. And trust me, if you go to the gaming website, you can watch. There's any you can people watching any genre of games. You can yeah. watch from someone playing 2K. I watched. I, was, I think I went on Twitch one night and I seen two girls playing 2K. Mm. Um, and 
then I seen on the other side like some RPG game yeah, going on, yeah. and then I see Minecraft. So it's like there's so Everything. many there's so many things out there, bro. Plus the people, the the esports too. You know, I'll never forget. Oh, yeah. up, I'm sure you heard the same thing. Your parents always saying, "Oh, how are you gonna make money from video games? You know, video games waste of time." But I'm seeing 12 year olds now playing farming simulator, making thousands of dollars. You know, like yep. <laughs> but it is what it is. It's changing times. Anyways, man. Um. Introduce yourself, Terrell Smith. Who are you? What do you do? Well, I am. My name is Terrell. As you heard, my name is Terrell Smith. Um, I am a York University history graduate. Um, I currently working at H and M, and I also tutor on the side. Um, my ambitions in life is to become a high school teacher and probably further beyond i mean ultimately my dream would be to be a principal um i i just feel like principals people don't really understand how important and how essentially principal is everybody thinks that principal just sits in the office just demands things to be done but they're the ones that are approving things those are the ones trying to find the budgets to make things work they're just so they're very essential and important i would love to be in that role that'd be cool man principal smith how does that sound? Principal Smith. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I love that. Man, that, that's like such a good name for a principal. Mr. Smith. Dang, Mr. I Smith. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, trust me, it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird even having like students now, like, you know, as a tutor, like, I think the first time I had my first student, he asked me, he's like, what do I call you? And like, I didn't, I told him, I said, don't call me Mr. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. It's, it's, um, it's I mean, weird, man. Actually, yeah. be a teacher yet, but yeah. um, I just said you can call me um, Terrell, and then I think I have another student. He calls me Mister Terrell. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so like, Principal Smith, Mister Smith. I mean, that's yeah. I was I was destined for this. You know, man. I have the name for it. Yeah, you you do you do man. You do have the name <laughs> for it. But I'll be honest with you. Yeah, being a principal is not a common goal to have. You know. Um, I mean, growing up, I never heard anybody say they want to be a principal. You know what I mean? You know, it's 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 crazy to me because I didn't think that either. Like, I went through um, what every kid goes through. What do you want to be when you grow up? It's, especially, hold on, I have to add another layer to this. What yeah. Caribbean kids yeah. go through mm-hmm. <laughs> because you grow up learning. There's three things that yeah. you can be: lawyer, doctor teacher mm-hmm. that was it that that's was it. all everybody thought about and so it's kind of funny like originally when i wanted to be when i grew up was i wanted to develop games yeah i wanted to develop video games because um early on in my life i picked up reading early mm-hmm. right because my mom read to me all the time so i was yeah. i love to read and i love the idea of fantasy and like worlds that are not you know in reality they're not real worlds but they're worlds worlds and pages yeah so i got into that and then from then you know, you're a young kid, I'm imagining a young kid reading all these crazy stories, Harry Potter, you know, the series of unfortunate events, like all these things that you're reading. Yeah. Right. And then you get you then you get introduced to anime and then with anime, you get like the video games and then like you yeah. just put them all together. And I just I was like, OK, I view video games as my way of telling a story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of my goal growing up. And then I played a lot of video games and then I got older and then I started to change. And then I said, maybe I want to be a basketball player. Yeah. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> we all go through that phase. Everyone. And then I, I played basketball and 
I stopped growing at 5'11", and that was it. Damn. And that, just, that's it. 5'11", my, hey. knees went, my knees got shot in high school. and Oh, the knee injury. That was the, the classic <laughs> knee injury. <laughs> hey, man, listen. If I had a dollar for every time I heard someone was saying, oh, I have a knee injury, I can't be in the NBA. Man, I'll be rich. <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay, to be fair, that is true. Yeah. But, I mean, I really wasn't that good to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I'm yeah, taught, yeah. like... I, if I was amazing, then yeah, you know, I could just, that'd be adventure. But I was like, okay, I got to from like, I think my, my moment was high school. Yeah. Um, I think second game, first home game, but second game, we played Mayfield and there was this six foot 10 guy Ooh, man. center. Dang. And like the joke about the whole thing was I was the center at the time, oh. right? I was the backup center. Yeah. And it's funny because everyone makes fun of like guys like PJ Tucker who play center now, you know, and yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they play small ball and everything. But like, I literally was PJ Tucker before PJ Tucker. Cause <laughs> I was, I actually put me out there and said, you're guarding that guy. And I said, are you Ooh. serious? He's Man. huge. He's a whole foot on you. A whole foot. He's a whole foot on me. Damn. I mean, I gave, I gave him a little bit of, I gave him a hard time. 100%. You know, I yeah. got a couple steals and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, that was my moment. After that game, I was like, "Yeah, man, if I don't, I, if I don't grow a foot, you can't, you can't in like a year. <laughs> then I can't do this for too long." I mean, look. So eventually, there've been times like same when I was in middle school, like playing football and basketball. You know, people always said, "Oh, I should go play basketball." You know, but you saw me play basketball. I mean, I played against you a couple times, right? Remember how bad I was, man? Listen, Gosh. you were Siakam. You were you were like a poor man Siakam. <laughs> <laughs> The, the only, just lanky. Yes, yeah, the only thing I had was was I was tall and I had long arms, right? That's it. I can block anybody. That's it, you know. But <laughs> I can't body anybody because I'm like a tarantula or like daddy long like spider. You know, I'm just tall and skinny. I'm like daddy a <laughs> I'm like a dollar store ball ball. You know, you know ball ball seven That's foot a what dollar store ball. <laughs> So if you're not, what do you, you dollar dollar? Man, yeah, exactly. I don't even, know, I don't even know what I am. I don't even want to know. But yeah, but like honestly, yeah, every kid, I feel like every Caribbean kid goes through that phase in middle school, especially where they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to play football or basketball, you know, especially basketball. But then you get oh, older yeah. and you realize, oh damn, I'm not as athletic, or you know, maybe I wanted something else. And then always your parents are always against it. At least mine were. You know, they don't want you to become an athlete because it's risky, you know, and I, I get it. It's very risky because you get hurt once and that's it, you know, so. Oh, yeah, and trend, and schools are, schools are, school, it's cold out there, man. Yeah. NCAA is, that's, it's cold, it's man. cold. And they treat some players, they treat some players pretty bad. Like, Terribly. I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even say, actually, no, it, it's, it's bad, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like from their point. I can also see their point of view. Like I yeah. know there, I've heard stories of players getting injured before they end up at the school and like yeah. they, they lose their scholarship. And like yeah. it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but I can also understand like that. Like at the end of the day, like it's unfortunate. The unfortunate thing is it's a business. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And like I, I'm not. I'm not exactly for tearing down the business. What I am for is that we need to give empower these players. We need yeah. to include these players. Yeah. You know what I oh, mean. Yeah. There's no reason why schools are making millions and millions of dollars. And the joke, this crazy joke about it is some schools, some schools have to basically find a way to spend all that money. Yeah. And they do absurd things with 
these with the money they make. Bro, the and highest, the players don't get nothing. The two highest paying jobs in the United States is a college basketball coach and a college football coach. They, yep. they get more money than brain surgeons in some states. I'm talking like six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollars per year, right? The coach the team. I mean, all these players, you know, the the school is making money off of them. Nike, Adidas, you know, they're making money off of them. The players don't get any money. You know what I mean? So, yep. like, and like, and it's I'm crazy. Sure. And it, and it, it's like, it's not even like it, it's not even that the fact that they can't even make money. It's that they can't even receive gifts. Like, yeah, I think anything they're like. You can't receive any compensation as a collegiate athlete. Otherwise, yeah. you could get kicked out. You can get kicked out yeah. just like that. Yeah. So like, it's, it's crazy. crazy. It's it's crazy. If they need to, they really need to do better because it's like, what's and what's going to end up happening and what's kind of starting to happen. I'm kind of happy to see is you're going to start seeing a lot of players like do what Lamelo has done. Yeah. You know, yeah. leave the country and go somewhere and else. Just leave the country and say go somewhere else. Like, guess what? I believe in myself. Yeah. That I have the talent and I can show. And guess what? And the crazy thing about that, one thing that people don't think about is that he may not be playing, you know, in against players his own age, which that yeah. could be a learning lesson. Can yeah. you imagine what it'd be like? Because what people don't realize is that a lot of the NBA players that don't play in the NBA anymore, that's where they are, overseas, yeah. overseas. Europe, yeah, China, yeah. they're playing there. Yeah. So he's he could potentially be playing against the former star players of NBA teams yeah. or core players of the NBA teams. Yeah. You just don't know it. Don't know, and he yeah. could be learning. So... I mean, look. That's now an avenue. That's why, I mean, look, Lamelo's hurt now, right? He's not playing anymore right now. But if he was playing the entire year, I mean, look, rookie of the year, hands down, right? Do you agree? Oh, yeah. I like I like, I like, I like what I see from the young man, you know? I, I like to see. I like I like it. What I, I think what people try to try to criticize him with is what I think is his biggest strength. Yeah. Because... His biggest criticism is he's cocky. Yeah. He's oh, way yeah. too cocky. The entire family. He's, not, he's disciplined. He's mm-hmm. not disciplined enough. You know, he's not as level-headed. But I think that's what you need. I think if you look back at the greatest players to ever do it, oh, they yeah. all didn't follow the norm. I mean, no, Dennis ego. Rodman. Yeah. Oh, Dennis man. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all you have to say is just Dennis Rodman. To this day. To this day, he's still, he's still you know, crazy. He's Dennis yeah. He, to this day, he's he's hanging out with North. He's came out King Jong Un. <laughs> to this day, what, like crazy. what? What are you doing? You're yeah. a basket. What? You're literally like it's crazy. But, so like, yeah, I, I think that's you. I think that's something he's good with. And I yeah. think I like what I see. Definitely rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, I look. The only the only challenge right now is that he's hurt. So you're not going to see him close out the year, I don't think. But I mean, if if the season were to stop today, hands down, there shouldn't be anybody voting against him. You know, there there hasn't been anybody. Mm-hmm. That's coming to the NBA with such like because I, I think that's part of him playing in Europe, right? Because like he played basically pro ball overseas, right? So when he comes in as a rookie, he's basically already a professional. He already knows the ropes, yep. right? He already knows the yep. pressure, and then boom, yep. you know, rookie of the year. I mean, really, he shouldn't even be called a rookie because he's he's already a pro. So, but anyways, I know that's basketball. You know, this is <laughs> not basketball. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't a box office. <laughs> Listen, maybe, maybe if my audience wants, I so just just so you know, Terrell, I have about one thousand ish regular listeners right now, right? So mm-hmm. maybe if my audience wants, Terrell and I, if Terrell wants to, I'm, I'm volunteering right now, Terrell, to start a sports podcast, basketball podcast, because that'll be kind of cool. Listen, 
<laughs> Listen, I, I, I can't. I don't know, man. I don't know if listeners want to hear me screaming about <laughs> how bad Dwayne Casey is as a coach and how stupid the referees were when the Cavaliers came back and oh, man. beat the Golden State Warriors. That te- that that, oh, those te- yeah. that that was ridiculous. The that, Cavaliers. I, that was just that's a. I put it this way: Never once, in, in my opinion, okay, this is my opinion. Never once in Cleveland Cavaliers history have they ever deserved to win. At least in my lifetime, have they ever deserved to, to have a winning season? Period. Because when they had LeBron, that's all they had was LeBron. Yeah, Remember? that's true. As you, soon as LeBron left, <laughs> the Cavaliers were a draft lottery team. You know, like <laughs> man. yeah, that's true. Oh, like, yeah, they had Kyrie, but they had young Kyrie, and they had Kevin Love. But Kevin Love was already Kevin Love was already in decline when they traded for him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Plus, Kyrie, Kyrie is better now than he ever was, right? Oh yeah, I, no, I no, think, no. I think, right? Kyrie has the best chance of winning a ring right now. Even you know, since you know Cavalier days, but you know, honestly, yeah. Since since maybe what year was that? Two thousand six, when the Cavaliers made their first finals. Because they beat yes, the Pistons. The yeah, and I remember they beat the Pistons, Pistons. In, in, in the conference. <laughs> Listen, I don't care how much you hate on my Pistons. I'm loyal to the end. Loyal to the Pistons. We lost Blake Griffin. That's fine. I don't care. He's he's over in Brooklyn, the bandwagon, right? Joining... He didn't. But you, did you did you see his face though? Did you see his face <laughs> last night? Did you see that? Did you see it? Like you know, I, I don't know if you saw it because I just I just loved that. I, I loved never, that moment. I never even liked Blake Griffin. You know, I'll be real with you. Like I wish the Pistons kept Drummond. I wish they kept Drummond because Drummond. Drummond man. Well, look how many NBA players in history, right, can be a big man like Drummond. I'm talking like nowadays. Nowadays you have even Giannis is playing small ball nowadays, right? You have um, Jokic playing small ball. These are big guys, and they're playing small ball. You know, uh, uh, Drummond, pure pure big man. It's like Ben Wallace, you know. Guess what? But that man ain't making no noise, though. <laughs> he ain't making that noise. Like, nah. see, see, now you're bringing the basketball persona out. I'm not going to bring the basketball back. He ain't bringing that noise. Yeah, He's, but he, bro, he, the man, he needs a team, He made a couple bro. all-stars. He made he needs a couple a team. all-stars, and then and that was it. You know, Until, Pistons have never just... Look, no. besides Giannis and Jokic, Drummond is the guy I want in the paint. There's nobody else. Like honestly, first you have Giannis, right? You can't argue that Giannis is the best guy in the. You paint. want you don't Embiid? Uh, Embiid is too like, streaky. Him. Embiid is streaky. He, he's good, and then he's not good. You know, he's not consistent. Everybody, I, I, even I even in two K, bro, even in two K, Embiid's not consistent. I don't know what they did in two K to make Embiid so inconsistent. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> man. Sometimes the man's the man's wet. The man's wet yeah. in pain and. The, guy, cold the guy's play. hitting threes in the corner, three in a row, and then misses the rest of the baskets, rest of the game. You know, like, I, that that is a beat. So I tell you, Giannis, Jokic, and it, even Jokic. Jokic is lanky; he's not strong, right? So I'll say Giannis. Yeah, but you know, but he's clever. But he's clever though. Yeah, like, remember you got to think about you have to look at think about um a, um a guy like Hakeem Olajuwon. Like yeah, that's he, true. He, Hakeem Olajuwon was strong. He was strong, but don't get me wrong. But I think the best thing about him was his footwork and his craftiness. Yeah, you know yeah. that's how he kind of beat guys. Because so, I feel like Jokic plays European style ball, right? So he's not about bodying guys in the middle. You know, he's about nope, it's not it's being angles slick. and getting the right positioning and just yeah. seeing the floor. Yeah, yeah, which I love that. I, I think I love that. I think I think 
I think a lot, I think a big problem that a lot of players are starting to do, especially young players, is that they're just focused on the paint and they're not yeah. focused on seeing the floor. Like if you see, if you can see the floor, your game opens up on a whole different, you may not be able to shoot, but you yeah. can see the floor. That's what's so great about LeBron. That's what see the floor. That's what Doncic is doing. I'm telling you, Doncic. He's oh, he's scary. He's he, scary. Like, like he, honestly, he, he, <laughs> I mean, look, scary. he's not the best in the league right now. Okay, he, he's not the no. best in the league right now. But I'm thinking he's so young. How old is he? 21, 22. He's young. He's probably he's young. Let me see how old is. Let me see how old this guy is. He has at least Luka, 15 Luka. years left in the NBA. And he's already doing what he's doing, and he's not even like American, you know. He's from Serbia, or whatever. Like out in Europe, he played Euroball back in the day. I mean, so did Giannis. Yep, yep. But, you know, how how old is he? Twenty-two years old. Twenty-two. So, so let's just say he has 22. twelve more years of being consistent All Star, right? And after that, maybe he will decline. Who knows? I mean, look, LeBron is old. LeBron is is is, is basically a granddad in the NBA, and he's still mm-hmm. All Star caliber, right? Same with Steph Curry. Still all-star caliber. But I'm telling you, Doncic, I mean, don't be surprised. I'm, I'm saying like six MVPs in a row at one point in his career. Because I can't see anybody being better than Doncic. I don't think – see, I don't think – okay, maybe this – I could. I don't I, – him being the best player, I yeah. could see it 100% because he's kind of – he's in the be, he's in one of the best markets to ever really – in like kind of all sports though in yeah. terms of – in terms of success and in terms of getting the job done or yeah. doing what needs to be done. Because you look at, in NBA history, there's only been really two teams that have been significant winners, the Spurs yeah. and the Mavericks. Yeah, Spurs and Mavericks, They've yeah. always, they've been, consi- they may not have always won it, but yeah. they've been consistent winners. Maybe, maybe you know? the Lakers and, and Celtics, you can maybe talk in that same conversation, but definitely Spurs and Mavs, oh, yeah. Yeah, Spurs, yeah, Spurs and Mavs, but like Lakers and Celtics, they go through down years, but yeah. the Spurs and Mavericks have always been pretty consistent consistent yeah so it's like you have a history of consistency and a history of great gm work especially with mark q mark q is willing to pay that luxury tax yeah so they'll build a team around luca if he needs if he you know yeah if the day comes where luca's like listen it's it's either you get me my money or you get me a good team and i'm out yeah yeah but, you know the thing about luca that i find so scary he's basically a tall steve nash you know, and yep. I'm th- like, imagine if Steve Nash had Doncic's height. You know, the things Steve Nash could do. You know, but only the Steve Nash's only downside was he was shorter than the average player, so he couldn't really be as mean and tough in the paint. But he can dime the ball. He's mm-hmm. like Allen Iverson, right? Like, listen, Doncic, you're combining Allen Iverson, you're combining Steve Nash, you're combining you know Dirk Nowitzki's strength. It's a dangerous player, man. <laughs> like he is he honestly, is. and I think and I think what people don't understand is that. People, he, in terms of where he is, he's in Dallas. He's in a somewhat attractive market. He's got yeah. Porzingis as a core star, as yeah. a co-star. Yeah, you know. Um, but I think what people don't understand, and one thing that player players understand is that people want to play with someone who understands the game. People yeah. want want to play with people who are going to make them look good. That's why guys like LeBron and Curry and Luka Doncic and even James Harden and, yeah. and even slightly to the more to the more part you want to look at Chris Paul. These guys are so attractive to teams and players because like these guys are gonna not only get their buckets, but they're gonna get your you yeah. guys buckets. They're winners. You know, they're, they're, winners. Get team they're used to they're winning. winners. Yeah, so they, they want to keep winning. I mean, I don't know about Chris Paul Chris Paul's been having some good good games this year. I mean good this year, but I think Chris Paul is he's, he's definitely past his prime. You know, he's oh, no Chris Paul. Chris Paul will 
Chris Paul will go down as the greatest point guard. He's already, so? in my, my opinion, he's. A, I think he's the greatest point guard to never win. Yeah. Well, Steve, and if you look at Steve Nash, never won either. You're right. You're right. But see, the thing about the thing, what I like more about Chris Paul is Chris Paul play, plays good defense. That's true. You know that what I mean? Chris Paul is a underrated defender. He may be six foot in height, but that man gets. I remember one year, um, it was him in when he was the Hornet. When New Orleans yeah. was the Hornet. Hornets, yeah. And it was Kobe. It was him and Kobe duking out. I think for like almost steals leader. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, I mean, but look, I know, honestly, Steve Nash had some decent, you know, defense, you know, with the box out and, and, and the screens and the steals were all right. But definitely Chris Paul has the edge on defense. Uh, if, 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 mm-hmm. But if you're talking like offense, Steve Nash, I think, you know, among the best passers, um, among the best shooters of today, uh, pre-Steph Curry. Steph Curry's a cheat code. I don't know what's wrong with him, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this that is why. That is broken, man. Man, this is why I would never be a genuine Steph Curry fan. He's too good, you know, and he's still too good at shooting the ball. He no, just, and, the, and the thing people keep talking about the Golden State Warriors being finished. I'm like, do you not understand how long point guards last in yeah. this NBA? Chris Paul is still playing. Chris Paul, man. Exactly. Chris Paul is still playing. And you do, and, and I'll be honest. I'm going to be completely honest. Chris Paul was is has never played at the level that Steph Curry has played no, at. No, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. The, just the, not only just the shooting, but it just Chris Paul has never had to juggle four or five superstar egos. Yeah, as a point guard, because like, he's had to deal with Draymond, Clay, KD, and Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, because who was Chris Paul and, play with? Because I know Chris Paul Paul's played with Griffin on the Clippers. Griffin, DeAndre, yeah. Jordan, and. That, 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 David that's West, all. yeah, David, David West. West, but that's not a superstar. Um, because <laughs> like, um, a Mecca Okafor, I guess you want to yeah, throw that out there. I don't know if they call that like a superstar, like like a legend of the game. You know, I'm, I'm like even Griffin. I you're thinking like okay, so you're thinking like you're thinking like like a like a Robin, you know, like a Scotty yeah. Pippen, so, like so, a sidekick, so right? Say like you know how the Warriors, what four out of the starting five are all all stars at one point, mm-hmm. right? Chris Paul has never been on a team like that. He's, he's been, yeah, he's to, been on a team where he's only had two coast. I think the most he's ever had is like two All Star, yeah, cold teammates. I don't if, think he's ever had like four. Which but, I mean, I don't think really anyone else has. I, I think it was just one other because like there was DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul. I don't think Griffin was that consistent with the All Star game. You know, like, but honestly, anyways, yeah, Steph Curry, greatest shooter of this generation, not of all time, but this generation. Larry Bird is still the best of all time because Larry Bird was. A Dirk Nowitzki was Steph Curry shot, so you, you can't beat that, you know. But it is what it is. Anyways, this is basketball. Okay. This, this, we've been talking for half an hour, <laughs> almost about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I don't even care. I had this script planned out. I don't even care anymore. If you want to keep talking basketball, I can keep talking basketball. If my audience hates it, they can leave and go to another episode. Is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, okay. Well, I mean, okay. here, here's it. Here's it. Here's something I want to, I want to, you know, maybe I can see the conversation in terms of what we were just talking about. But yeah. okay, here's an idea. We have, we have. Let's talk a little bit. A little. Let's get a little racialized. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Get racialized. All right, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, so we're saying oh, back to what we we're saying about growing up. You know, um, growing up, we wanted to be basketball. You know, want to play sports growing up. Like I said, I eventually stumbled upon the idea. At first, I went to. 
I went to high school still kind of not knowing yeah. what to do. But of course, Caribbean parents still saying doctor, lawyer, teacher. Yeah. Those are your avenues. Yeah. My dad was still kind of encouraging that, but he's also saying, Terrell, do something that you love to do because mm. then you will never feel like you're ever working. Yeah. And despite, you know, whatever happens, you can stay, look back at the end of the day and say you're making a difference or having an impact. Yeah. So I took that to heart and high school, I took everything. I did music, I did drama, I did sports, I did computer sciences, I did, you know, I did everything. Yeah. And I kind of enjoyed all that. And I think looking back on it now with hindsight, I think what I enjoyed the most about was just learning because I love learning and I love teaching, you know, I love passing on knowledge. I think that's very important. So I, again, I'm in high school, not aware of these feelings or anything. And I keep going, Mm -hmm. you know, I get to university now. I'm like, okay, I'm, I literally I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I now have to decide. Yeah. Like this is the path. (laughs) This is the, if if you mess up now, like there's actual, like there's no cheat codes anymore, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It's not next year. This is like, this is life this now. Is yeah. This is so I was like, okay. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take history. I've narrowed myself down. I'm going to either be a lawyer or a teacher. Yeah. I'm going to try for a lawyer. If I don't make it, I will be a teacher. teacher. And I, yeah. either way, I'm both happy. You know, either way, I'm both I'm happy. Either yeah. way. Yeah. You know, who knows? I might be able to come later down. If I get the lawyer thing, I might become a, a lawyer teacher, you know? Yeah. A law teacher. Yeah. Law teacher. Yeah. But, um, so, I eventually, you know, I go, I go to university and I think that's when I started to, I would like to say where I started to get, I would say more woke, Yeah. you know, because same here, man. that's where I think we went to, we went to, we went to York yeah. and funny this story, pro- but you guys don't want to know how we met. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kid you not. I'm on the bus going to York. I'm man. taking, I'm on the bus. And I get on the bus and I see Nathaniel. Not I don't know Nathaniel at this point. And I see him. And this guy looks like something out of like a Cuban mobster film. Like Scarface. He's got the ray band of that. He's got the <laughs> ray bands on. He's got the button up shirt, the colorful ones out. Like, you know, he's just sitting there cooling. He's got his little brief. I'm like, Man, Miami Vice. Who is this guy? A Miami Vice. This guy was I was like, <laughs> okay, whatever. I look like a scrub. I was wearing like a hoodie and sweatpants you know i didn't really care i know it was hoodie in the jeans yeah and i was like whatever so we're going and i'm thinking okay this guy probably works at the mall or something you know like he's probably a fashion guy or something he can't be going where i'm going we get on the same bus i'm like okay there's no way this guy's going to york university maybe he's stopping somewhere Damn. we get to york university see you get off the bus and i'm like i okay i guess this is just what we deal with at york university this is how some people dress okay cool not again, not thinking, I'm not thinking in my head that even you're astute, like you're like, we're the same age. I'm thinking you're older than me. Yeah. So it's when we get, I think we get down, we sit down, I think orientation and I see you, right? I'm sitting behind you and I see you. And again, I'm like, okay, this guy's my age. This is how we're doing. So I felt like I'm just saying, you're like, what? Like, <laughs> this is what we're doing in university? Oh my God. This is, that was my crazy, I got super crazy. Yeah. And then I think I didn't see you anything. I don't, we didn't, we never spoke that day, but like, no. you know, I didn't, we, we, I saw you, that was it. And then I think it was our, what class it was, was it? History? No, it was a Greek and Roman philosophy. It was some, um, yes, the Greek and, it was the a humanities Greek, class. Greek and Roman philosophy, humanities. Yes, yeah, the humanities, with, uh, Greek, Roman, um, I forget what philosophy. Forget. Yeah, and then um, Greek mythology, Greek yeah. mythology, Roman philosophy with Socrates and, and Plato and all them people. Yeah. And then we met in Lee Dane's tutorial. Yes, that. that's where we met. OG, OG times six years ago. 
OG yes. Yeah. And I met him and we basically looked at each other and we're like, we're the only black people here. Yeah. <laughs> honestly. So we immediately just said, okay, we're going to stick together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, man, yeah. I remember that. And I always tell that story too. Like the main reason why you and I are friends is because we're the only two black kids in this class or in, in, in the yep. tutorial. Right. So we figured, okay, you got to sit together. Like we're alone. Might as well. Here. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. speak, no, that's one thing like when i um like in university even to this day like i've always taken how i look very seriously you know because mm-hmm. my grandma always said like you know it's already a disadvantage to be black you know so you gotta you know take any possible um pathway to try and mitigate that disadvantage so you gotta dress well you have to speak ed- like, like you're educated you know, um, or as they say, mm-hmm. you got to talk white, you know, as they say, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got to put the white voice on. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're, you're a phone call voice, you know, <laughs> we all have that, you know, but um, that, that's why I told, mm-hmm. and I remember, I remember I even called you out on it. Remember? I was calling you out saying, why are you wearing Roots tracksuit? Because I remember the way, and listen, I, I, man, I got I like you, I got <laughs> in those winter, in, listen, in those, people don't understand, see, you're the exception because I have met and I have seen how other people live and survive university. Yeah. And I'm, what I did was completely normal then. Nate. It was, it was normal. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying I was normal, right? I know I was different because I was the, always the best dressed, if not the second best dressed in the class. Right. And I did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm that like, true. I'm wearing collar shirt. I'm wearing like khakis or dress pants. That's it. You know, sometimes I'll wear jeans, but I, I can't remember a single time where I wore track pants to school. I, maybe, you, did, maybe, you, did, you did a couple of times. Maybe yeah, a couple of times. I think it was like it was, it was nah. You know what it is? It was. I think you usually just you started letting go right around reading week. That's when yeah. you usually you would usually just say yeah. I, 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 I just don't care. I have all like, the do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't care because you know you got like an hour of sleep. I don't. I'm not ironing no shirt in the morning. I'm going, you know, put on whatever's there. You know, but that was one thing, and that's one thing I remember in university was, you know, because like just to give y'all some context on York, right? It's hard to go to York and not leave the school more woke than you ever, like, ever before. Because every day there's something going on. Protest, strike, er something going on, right? So you're forced to (laughs) to learn, (laughs) you know? You're forced to, you know, get, get, um, you know, up to speed on that type of environment. So, um, you know, like, just just so you don't keep on topic, like, talk about your experience with that. Because I know with my experience, it could be different from your experience. So just, like, what did you think about the protest culture and, you know, sort of like the... uh, the revolutionary activity, you know, at York? I mean, I think, I think any university or any in- educational higher le- any educational institution or higher learning le- yields to the revolutionary mindset because yeah. you, you have to think about it. Like think about it this way. We are all what, let's say the age range is like 18 to what I want to say 18 to maybe 24. 425. Yeah, yeah. I want to say that's the age gap in terms of you have undergrads, mature students, um, and um, postgrad. Yeah. You know? So you have those two age groups, and it's you're young. At that age, you're young. You're experiencing the world, you know, probably independently for the first time. Yeah. So you're being swayed by these new ideologies and new things that you've never experienced before. So, of course, you know, you're going to get revolutionary. Of course, you're going to get people wanting to fight back and to change things because you're young. You have the energy to, you have the capacity to. Yeah. Right. But I think personally, me personally, I think I enjoyed that because I think it opened my eyes. I think I want to say that 
I going into university, I didn't see what other people saw mm-hmm. in terms of blackness and yeah. how blackness is viewed. I didn't have that understanding because I I knew how black people lived. I knew how we as a community exist, but I just didn't see how others saw it because of yeah. course coming from Brampton, coming from out of Brampton, you're really only dealing with the Indian culture, maybe the Caribbean culture, you yeah, know, and those, it. and then you have like the, uh, the black culture and then you have a little, especially in my area, there wasn't a lot of white people yeah, either. Yeah, yeah. So like going to university, you have everybody, every race, especially with it, including the international students. It's yeah, crazy. Tons. I think, I think in terms of when it comes to, I loved it. I can actually say I loved it. I loved it because I'm an argumentative person and I yeah. love to engage in, in, insightful conversation and deep conversations about various topics you know and i just found that being at york like granted it does get annoying i will not lie when you're (laughs) trying to get to class at eight in the morning and you got 10 people protesting 10 different things trying to get you to sway with them it is very much annoying but i mean at least there's an opportunity for you to be there you know to have that discussion and i think i think i remember i think one thing I could notice a big change within myself was I came into university not wanting to make waves, not wanting yeah. to really just, I wanted to just get in and get out, you know, yeah. punch my card and just get out as fast as possible, you know, yeah. get my degree and cut. But I found myself getting more and more involved in terms of just how I dealt with people. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're socialized, you know, um, and what, even how I started to think, you know, I started, I think by the time I, by the end of the year, I think by the end of my, I think fourth year or well, fifth year because that is a strike and yeah yeah you know <laughs> complications. If you, sorry if you don't understand this York University strike I mean negotiations with teachers and TAs it happens every three years not every four years like every other university yeah and therefore it creates the opportunity for more likely for the chance that you would have a strike yeah I think so I think it's there's every, the little PSA. every graduating class has gone through a strike even my grandmother because she went to York as well for undergrad she went through a strike too back in the seventies. You know, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> don't know why they do that. But there's some clarification. So yeah, we went through a strike. So I based there's like basically a whole year that got wiped for all for all of us. Kind of think of it like as a pandemic for schools. Yeah. For university, you know. So, um, so yeah. So my fifth year, that's when I was like, that's I think that's one when that was when I was started to take more, especially more Caribbean history, mm-hmm. because um, Nate and I um, took we took a bunch of classes together. Yeah. Like, you know, the story where like people take courses with their friends. So they can say, that's basically me and Nate. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, me and Nate both started um, taking African history courses. My professor named Jose, um, Jose, Kruto, I can't pronounce Kruto, that. Kruto, 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 yeah, Kruto, yeah. Jose Kruto. Um, and we took that, we, we learned a lot. Learned, I think Nate was, Nate was already more, I want to say woke or more knowledgeable of Africa than me. Um, I was more still on the European side mm-hmm. of, in terms of history. And then obviously taking, we took what, four or five, six of those courses, all doing like, yeah, different. we five, did, yeah. from, we started, we basically did a whole African history. We started from yeah. the beginning, you know, from time. And then we traveled all the way up to through colonialism and up into the modern day. Yeah. So we've done, we've covered almost all those topics. It was, and I think that's when I was, through that, I was more woke and I started to realize, you know, how societies work and how black people have existed in these societies. Yeah. And then 
but my final year, I, I ended up taking a Caribbean history. So basically talking about how, you know, the Caribbean community started, you know, and then how the Caribbean community migrated from the Caribbean to America, North America, and of course, to the Britain as well, the UK. And that kind of hit a little home more for me because um, it was Caribbean, you know? Yeah. So yeah. now I wasn't only learning about discrimination on like African bodies, but now we hit more closer to home that, okay, yeah. Caribbean bodies, which are basically me, which is basically me. Yeah, because you can relate to so, that yeah. exact, you know, like you can relate to that kind of stuff. Exactly. And I'm very, I'm very grateful. I'm very proud to say that York had, had those type of courses because I know, especially now, it's a very hard topic to talk about, you it know, is. in terms of just, just the crazy, the crazy messed up world that in history that we come from. Yeah. You know, you know? the one thing about York that I, I loved, um, this sounds like an advertisement for York, <laughs> but it's whatever. Um, the one thing about York I loved is that every class, at least we've taken together, there's always been room to like share your opinions in that class. There was never any yeah. class like we've taken um, where there wasn't any opportunity to debate or like to question the material being taught or whatnot. Because remember oh, um, yeah. that that European history course you took with uh, Sakis Sakis Gekas. Yes. Right. Yes. The, like I mean, the lecture would be about let's just say World War Two, and then the class we end up debating. Um, you know, uh, women uh, pay pay differences in work, like that kind of stuff in workplaces. You know, something totally mm -hmm. different. You know, and I remember like those arguments, and it's eye opening. You know, like that that's something that I think more schools need to engage in, like get their students talking to each other. You know, arguing with each other, making something like learning about different mm -hmm. opinions and whatnot. You know, so like that was. I mean, and it's 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 interesting that you bring that because I remember that argument very vividly. Cause... Yeah. If you guys don't know that, one thing you guys need to learn if you're going to hear about me and Nate's stories is that I'm always the quiet one. Yeah. I, mean, I talk more than I talk. I talk way more than Nate. Oh, yeah. But in when it comes to interactions, I am, I'm, I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm in the back. I'm just chilling. See, Nate's always one game to arguments. I, I, I feel like when it comes to, in, especially in class, like if anybody says something that sounds a bit off, like, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Like, I'm letting you know. Because <laughs> like, I remember that. Well, yeah. I remember that. We were talking about um, workplace quotas. If we should have a quota of, of men and women or, like, racial, whatever, in a workplace, right? So, like, you should mm -hmm. hire as many men as you do women. But then my argument was, like, what if you have 10 men, in, uh, 10 men applying and one woman applying and you have four positions, mm -hmm. right? What, are, you know, the mathematical odds would say you're going to hire more men than women because you have the, the balance, Right. I never forget right. this, this one girl at the front of the class that that, that seemed to piss her off a lot, and uh, mm -hmm. man, but like that's the kind of stuff that we did in, in university, and that you would get to do, you know, becoming a teacher, right? It's like creating that same type of environment for your students to, to yeah. have a safe space to to argue and to discuss and to you know create new ideas, you know. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of one of my. I think I think that's going to be one of my teacher geeked out moment yeah. and if i ever experienced that because i know my girlfriend janice i don't know how she puts up with me <laughs> I'm, I'm such a nerd sometimes um but i know that you know hopefully i go to work one day and i have that geeked out moment and i have my students yelling at each other you know about some crazy topic i've created yeah and i'm gonna come home and i'm like guess what happened today i yeah. made kids yell at each other <laughs> Hey man, that honestly, so, that's the sign of a good teacher. That's the sign of a good teacher. You know? It is. You you need you need to you need to have that discourse. You need to yeah. have that 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 conversation because the thing about it is, I remember, 
having that conversation um, or seeing that conversation play out. And I think we and you went to the bar afterwards. Yeah. And we talked, we were talking about it. Yeah. And what you were saying was absolutely valid. Like mathematically, yeah, exactly. the odds yeah. aren't going to be that you're going to hire a woman. But what we need to be looking at or the problem that we need to be addressing more is that, okay, we have only one woman, but why is there only one? Woman? Yeah. Applying. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. And then we need to look at what disadvantages we're giving and then at least a whole nother conversation, a yeah. whole nother argument, what kind of disadvantages we are doing to our women, Yeah, you know, in terms of women, because I'll tell you, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think that if you gave women the same playing field as you give men in terms of anything, if you treat women in the workplace exactly the same as a man, mm-hmm. I think they would do a better job. Oh yeah. 100%. I think they would do a, I think, I think, People don't. I think people think that business is all about being hard and stuff, but I think it's about cunning. I think women just have, they just think outside of the box. Yeah, because I think, but I think the thing is, it's because they have to, right? Because they're they're at a exactly. disadvantage, so they have to be smarter. They have to be, you know, more cunning, quicker, you know, and whatnot. You know, because yeah. like even exactly, and like I, I think of like other workplaces, like 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 sports, right? People don't take mm-hmm. women's sports seriously. They you know, don't, and it's actually crazy. That that's crazy to me. I mean, people like I guess Canada's a bit unique because we have women's hockey, which is huge, right? The in the Olympics, you know, it's it's about mm-hmm. the same as men's. I would say not not quite as big, but you know, for all intents and purposes, it's the same. But I'm thinking like the WNBA and the WNCAA, uh, NCAA, right? The college March Madness going right now for women's. It's yeah. as or if not more intense than the men's equivalent, but nobody cares about it. Because it's women's sports, right? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's not as flashy. Yes, and the no, funny yeah. thing about it is, one thing that I think um, I love to hear, and one thing that people don't realize is, people just want to see the flash. People just see yeah. the dunks and the, you know the poster moments and the oh my god, yeah. you want the craziness what comes to men's sports. But you don't, you don't. People don't see women's sports. You don't see that. Yeah. You know, you see you see the shots, you see the shooting, which is kind of on par. But you, but what you don't understand. And people don't really even think about is the NBA has what guys who are ranging from what six foot to seven four seven yeah. three. Yeah. The net is only ten feet tall. Yeah. Seven. If you are seven, if you are six ten, you don't need a high vertical to dunk no. that ball. No. Not right. At all. Now imagine if you take it down and guess what? The tallest person on the court is six. What six, eight like six, six nine. Yeah. With women, yeah. you know, like the center is six. Like, do you imagine the level of difficulty it is to it's put up the number difficult. of points? Yeah, these and, and these girls are putting up what these women are putting up. Girls, these women are putting up what a hundred, just as much points as the yeah, men are. It's the same. It, it's, it's honestly there's it, no it, it's pretty difference. Much equal same. Yeah, it's just less dunks. That's the big thing. Exactly. Less and less. it's like and then and because of course you know they're at that they don't have the size they don't have the overall athleticism that yeah. you, their male counterparts would have. And I'm doing air quotes, obviously, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't kill me on that. <laughs> but, um, like, I don't understand why we have this notion, especially when it comes to women's sports, that women can't be t- talented or even more talented than men. Like, I, for me, I take it in this consideration. I look at um, Serena. Yeah, yeah. Did she not just have a kid, like, the other day? I and know. she just bounced back? She's winning. Like, you... and. And people don't even understand how crazy and how hard that must be to have body, a child yeah. on her body and everything. To have a child and then go right back to it. Like, Never that's mind insane. the physical impact of having a child, but all the emotional impact of having a child 
the time, the mental impact, the everything, the time you know, care. even the the weight fluctuations, your strength fluctuates. And she still came back and managed to because she is the like hands down best tennis player of our lifetimes. You know, hands. Oh like, yeah, you can't. Like people would say, oh Rafael Nadal or whatever. I don't care. Serena Williams, greatest of all time, right? Hard to argue. Yeah, and, it, and it, it's hard because it's like you. They she guess what the advantage that men have is that they can their hormones and everything stay pretty consistent yeah. but women's hormones change constantly yeah. every month it's tough. you know and they're still able to compete at the same level that's round of applause that's great you know that, the, i mean can you imagine can you imagine what it would be like if they didn't have that yeah if that wasn't if they didn't have if they were the exact if we were exact that'd be crazy it'd be terrifying <laughs> you know but <laughs> like terrifying. you know the the one sport where like i i seem to understand the least when it comes to the inequality of soccer because men's soccer has the reputation of being weak Right, people they take dives. You know, they're they're weak. Mm -hmm. Women's soccer, I've seen in the Olympics and the Women's World Cup, these women, you know, playing with with bloody eyes. You know, the lips oh, yeah. cracked open. You know, they got yep. bruises. People playing on broken broken arms and stuff playing. Meanwhile, the men, if you tap them the wrong way, they're gonna go rolling down the field crying like a child. You know, but at the same you know, time. And I, and you know, these women athletes get paid next to nothing. And they put so much more heart into their game, especially when it comes to the national sports, like, you know, international sports and the Olympics. It's like, mm -hmm. man, because if, if, if you watch women's soccer, you know, you would see the toughness and the attitude and, and the passion and, like, the talent, the pure talent. Half of these women are more talented than half of the men I see, you know, and... You know, but again, it's just the flashiness. I guess it's just the, the the history, the reputation, and the money, of course. The marketability, right? the and, marketability. The yeah, exactly. and again, the marketability has to go with you know people in general don't take women's sports seriously. You know, and I mean, again, mm -hmm. we are diverting to a sports podcast here. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. It yeah. is what, again, but. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, I mean, we're the, still we're staying on topic. I mean, this is yeah. this, yeah, this is. But see, what, what's happening right now? This is exactly what would happen when we meet up after class. Yeah. We take a topic out of thing. We take a topic. We go as far as we can, and we end up talking about Something random, crazy, totally different, different things. You know, mixing a couple of beers, mean, and then of course you got an entire you know evening right there. You can spend hours right there, exactly. Yeah, you can spend hours talking about. Because, but again, that women's sports thing, like I, I may have to make another episode about that altogether. You know, because yeah, especially black women in sports. You know, like, it, 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 it's almost painful to see. Because I, I, in high school, I knew this one girl, um, a black woman, who played hockey, right? But mm -hmm. a lot of other girls her age, the white woman who played hockey, you know, didn't take her seriously because it's a black woman playing hockey. I mean, like, it's a black person in general playing hockey, never mind a black woman playing hockey, right? Almost unheard of, you know? But she was really good. Right. You know, and again, it's that disadvantage you have. And because you don't fit the stereotypical athlete of that sport. It's like Luka Doncic. Imagine, like, you know, this this is going to happen. I mean, Doncic will eventually be the best player in the league, right? When was the mm -hmm. last time the NBA had a white player that was the best player in the league? You know, it's the same Jeez. idea, right? Jeez. Like, are people going to take Doncic seriously? Because he's not only white, but he's not even American. You know, that's another thing, right? That's a whole other, yeah, that's <laughs> a whole other talk. That's like, a whole other thing that, I don't know. I mean... Again, if we're going to just talk on that, then, I mean, it's possible. It's possible he could be accepted because, like I said, I think the thing about Doncic is he 
he's not he doesn't feel like an outsider to yeah, a lot of that, that, that is a true. lot of people that is true he doesn't feel like it's not like he's dirk dirk yeah. seems like an outsider dirk yes was. he plays basketball but lucas seems and of course it comes back to the day and age we are living in which you know everybody's more integrated so yeah. it's not uncommon for one country's culture to be impactful on another person who's living in a completely different culture in a completely different world mm-hmm. you know but so it's it, it but, is weird though like the like the think about what people may think when they see Doncic as the face of the NBA, you know, like NBA, right. a predominantly black league, right? Same with the NFL, right? NFL, same thing. NFL is a predominantly black lead, a lot league, but right now the face of the NFL is Tom Brady, right? It's a white guy, yep. <laughs> you know, but the NFL, mind you, has always been like that, right? Yeah. That's, that's another league, which is so much racist. I mean, look, can you believe that Colin Kaepernick, all right, still, is Listen, going man. To... <laughs> at this stage of the game, no. At this stage of the game, they, see, they already done screwed the man over. Because the joke about yeah. the sad thing about it is, he's been out of the league. How long has he been out of the it's league? It's been a for? long since Trayvon Martin. Remember Trayvon Martin? Okay. That was when and we, that was we what, were in high 20... school. We were in high school that time. That was, that was like 2012, 2012, 2013. Yeah, almost around... ten years ago. Almost ten years. What they what they did was they 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 blacklisted him. They kicked him out of the league for a yep. bit, and then you know. What happens when you're out of the league, you're not playing a sport, you start to deteriorate, you know, well, you start to fall back. He he was trying out for some teams, and he, he's even in Madden NFL 21. They put him in the game as a free agent. Yeah, now they're doing it. You know, but because... Yeah, so, but they've already, they've, already, they've already screwed him out of yeah. thousands and thousands, millions of dollars. Millions. What he could have yeah. been making in play. They basically kicked him out of the league, said, guess what? You can't play the sports, so you can't really get that practice. Yeah. And even you, even if you stay into shape, it's, there's nothing like nothing you do. game yeah. experience. Exactly. So, All because he decided to take a knee in respect for what was going on, right? The police brutality, Trayvon Martin and, and the other. Mm-hmm. There's tons that year. I remember that year very vividly. So it, it, it was like last year, you know? There was where the protests and then the... Um, I remember even in Baltimore, the uh, Baltimore Ravens game had to be shut down because... It was, you know, so many protests going on. I'm like, you know, yeah. but yeah, Colin Kaepernick, like, they they screwed that guy over bad. And then to this day, to this day, these NFL GMs don't want him on their teams because he's he's too woke. You know, he's, he's like, look, he's not the best. He's not a starting quarterback anymore, right? Because of you know a decade almost out of the league, but mm-hmm. he's he's still NFL quality quarterback. Right, and that's mm-hmm. no. He could play as a backup somewhere, but you know could, what? Exactly. Nobody wants to take that risk. No one wants to do it. And the joke about the whole thing is, the, the crazy thing about the whole this, this situation is just that the NFL now the NFL put themselves in a really terrible position yeah. because now the pendulum has switched, mm-hmm. has swung the opposite way. You know, now it's everybody's trying to be pro-black. Yeah, the same with everybody's the NBA. Everybody's same trying with to be NBA. pro-black. Everyone's trying to be pro-black everywhere, and it's like. Every, and now the NFL is kind of like, well, okay, it's hard to be for them to swing alongside, you know, the social tie. Like, oh yeah, we're also now pro-black. When it's like, you don't have a lot of black coaches. Nope, very, very so few. There, very, very have, few black quarterbacks. I don't think there's, any, there's very they, few they, black quarterbacks. Yeah, there's very um, few black owners. Yeah, I don't think there's any black owners in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. I, there are there are black coaches. Um, there's one guy, I forget his name. Uh, I. I gotta brush up on my on my my NFL knowledge, but I know there are a few black coaches. I know there are a lot of black mm. training staff, but there are no black owners in the NFL. Like right. um, a lot of the owners in general are very like Republican, like very pro-Trump sort of you know guys. 
You know, yeah. they're all men, first of all, right? All white men, all old white men, you know, the owners. And the NFL is a predominantly black league, you know? It's the same idea in the yeah. NBA too, right? The NBA, predominantly black league, but the ownership is predominantly older white males or corporations, right? Right. Like the Raptors, they're owned by a corporation. Same, uh, they own the Leafs, the Raptors, and uh, Toronto FC, and all the other teams. That, and I think they're uh, the G, I think they have the G Leagues and the minor yeah. league. Yeah. 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 They're all they're all uh, big corporations. Rump, the, all of you know white CEOs, but it's, mm-hmm. even even with the commissioners of these sports, you know, like who was that? Um, even the commissioner right now for the NBA, I'm not a fan of him. You know, you see Adam Silver. Adam Silver. Uh, I don't know, but people like, I like him. But I like I I like him. I like him, and I'll tell you why I like him. Mm. In terms of guess what? In terms of giving power to the players, yeah. he's pro player in my in my ideas. He's very impartial, and yeah. I think that's what rubs people the wrong way. I yeah. think that people get the feeling that it's like, when are you going to turn on me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When are you going to hurt me? And I think for the most part, he's done what's right. You know, this he was again MB. Guess what? He he could have found. Guess what? If what the Milwaukee Bucks did, I forget yeah. who they were playing with. If Milwaukee, if that was another league or another owner, mm-hmm. or another owner, another commissioner. Every one of those players would have been fined. Yeah. No yeah. player was fined. No one was fined. It was just, okay, you guys want to protest? No problem. Go yeah. protest. You know? That is true. The thing about him is that he's, he's almost too hands off. You know, like, I don't, like, anyways, that's another, that's another conversation. But the whole point is, like, um, a lot of these leaders in, in, in sports, predominantly um, black dominated, are, like, they don't seem to care about the the impact that this white leadership has because like i know me as a black person if i saw a black leader i'm more um in, inclined to gravitate towards that you know like right now i mean yeah my boss at the bank right now he's a black guy my first ever black boss ever had right and i feel like since he became mm-hmm. the, my boss you know i become harder working you know i become more connected with the management and i feel better than ever before you know, and I'm not saying I can't do that under a white boss, but it's like almost like a, if you see someone who looks like you doing well, you know, you want to, you give, it gives you hope. It gives you hope. It gives you that extra energy that you can do it too. It motivates yeah, I, you. I, yeah, I, I know it, that. It pushes you, you know? So, so I feel like, you know, the NBA, once it hits a point where some of the owners and it elects black commissioners or even a woman commissioner, like, I mean, look, it needs to change the way it looks because the NBA is the second biggest sports league in the United States, right behind the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, it's among the biggest in the entire world, right? But it still has a lot of that, you know, old school, bigoted history. Same with the NFL. NFL even more, right? NFL yeah. is arguably the biggest sports league in the entire world, right? Even bigger than the European soccer leagues. It has the most valuable teams, right? The most, the highest, some of the highest paid athletes, but it's the most racist league. But maybe besides baseball. Baseball is a different story, but... You know, um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're well, collecting it, paychecks, man. Oh man, it's crazy. I wish it, it's it's crazy what happens in terms of like race and the sports. Because like again, I never forget when other athletes started taking the knee, right? Like Kaepernick did. And I thought mm-hmm. when that began, I'm like, this is great. Maybe Kaepernick will get his job back. Well, you know, of course nothing's done because people again, like like you said, blacklisted Kaepernick, right? Mm-hmm. Even I'm thinking. Imagine from a marketing point of view, any team that signs Kaepernick will sell so many jerseys. Like, I'll buy a yep, jersey, and, right? 
and that's and that's and that's the craziest thing and yeah. that's that's something that again we talk about you know such something we talked about even in school was this idea of that you have companies or corporations kind of using blackness or black yeah. imagery just to sell you know like it's like okay for example you look at um people remember with um i forgot what's his name I forgot what his name was but he was talking about why are we buying from gucci if everyone gucci had that um racist bag yeah, or pendant yeah. or whatever that yeah you know mm-hmm. and then all they're talking about oh we you know black people need to ban gucci but i'm just sitting i'm always when they were saying that i was just sitting here, i'm like why first of all are we even buying gucci like yeah that? first of all exactly like like would you think about it on a fundamental level i i i know some wealthy white people i have never really seen them in gucci why yeah. is it that only black, black people, people like yeah line up for gucci i like even when we went to we go to we go to yorkdale yeah I never do you ever i i don't i don't remember seeing white a people lot of white people. i've seen yeah. maybe a couple of white one two but mostly a lot of black most people, of black people. And you know, the, like, the saddest thing is these black people can't afford it that's the saddest right? thing i mean i see people like i mean look i hate to call out my own family but i got, I got family you know on welfare right buying gucci you know because they want that you know they want that rich wealthy look you know what i mean but again and yeah I mean, like I, uh these big companies they're making money from black people you know and the black people are getting no benefit from their you know free marketing or their labor or their their loyalty to these companies you know and it's crazy nothing at it's all crazy to me but i know um, and then yeah. again i guess and, and it's funny because it's like you know what we're seeing now is what our parents saw yeah you know and that's yeah. kind of why they pushed us to go to school and that's why they pushed us to take advantage of everything we got yeah um and they put us in the positions where we are right now where we can like you said you're living on your own you know i'm trying to become a teacher like we're yeah. in these positions because our parents gave us that position the opportunities yeah you know? to go because like i mean so your folks i mean your family came to this country my family came to this country the whole idea is to get a better life you know but I'm finding nowadays exactly. it's almost like I almost want to leave the country to get a better life now, you know, because, you know, of all the issues and all the, the I mean, again, craziness that goes on and you see it and then you want to do something about it, you know, but you can't exactly. do much. Yeah. And, like, you know, and, but, and that's why, and that's what we see, if we, we can even go back to talking about like school, that's what's great about school. Yeah. You know? Is that yeah. you meet up with these you meet up with these people you meet up with, who think like you who feel the same way as you. I remember I think one moment where like I really understood the power that connecting with people you know of other black people was. We I was in my um, African Caribbean yeah. course, yeah, and we were talking about schooling mm-hmm. and how I think a lot of students were talking about you know getting bullied, getting picked on, teachers not thinking they're smart because they're black, yeah, yeah, and then I think one girl stood up and this is a story that really resonated with me was she said that she remembered she was going to school she was smart smart girl she got good grades she went to the guidance counselor and the guidance counselor said you're gonna do all five that's just where oh you're gonna go God. that's just what's best for you the Damn. girl's getting straight a's wow she's getting straight a's and they're telling her to do applied and that got my interest because that's exactly what they did to me yeah. i wasn't of course i wasn't getting straight a's yeah, you know, yeah but i was getting but... i was a high level productive student but they were trying to streamline me into the apply. Um, apply. Yeah. They did the yeah. same thing to a brother. You yeah. know, parents don't know any better because mm. at that stage, like going to high school, parents 
just they can't keep up with that level, you know, yeah. that work. Yeah. You know, yeah. most parents, especially if they're working, they're working. Yeah, they can't, can't keep up with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like they just listen with the guidance council. That's why I'm glad that in terms of the, edu- the reforms to education that we're seeing that, you know, the streamlining out, especially at least for grade nine. I think that's a great idea yeah. by the Ontario government. Take, guess what? Grade nine is your practice year. Just like yeah. when you go to university, your first, first year, year is your practice, practice. Year. Yeah. You know, yeah. let these kids come in, let them, you know, do the work, let them all feel like equal and then let them make the decision at grade 10. Because yeah. really and truly, that's kind of where you get to see the more specialized courses anyways. Yeah. And then you, right. you learn more about yourself and, and and your learning style, right, as you go through high school. Because like, even me, in grade exactly. 9, they tried to get me to apply the same way. And in, in grade 8, I, I, I got A's in grade 8, right? I Throughout high school, always got honors. Every year, I was an honor student in high school. But they still try to put me in applied, right? And I, I, did, I, I ended up doing applied English in grade 9. And the teacher at the end of the year was like, this class was way below your level. You know, like you're supposed to be in academic English because I was getting like 100% on English tests. Like, you know, English is hard to get 100%, right? I was getting 100% yeah. English because they're, they're like, I'm reading books that I read in grade two or grade three, you know, because yeah. they think, oh, you're a black kid. You know, you come from a not so good um, middle school. You're going to go to yep. apply, right? Yep. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's crazy because you talk about that. Like, that's the one thing that as black students, especially growing up, one thing that what saved me, I would like to say is that I got a strong black woman yeah. as a teacher in grade six. Yeah. And I would just like to say that that lady was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. Man, that's um, rare. That's she rare. taught me, she taught me about community. She mm-hmm. taught me about, you know, how, to, you know, we, how people look at us, how to even carry yourself, you know. It, it she wasn't even telling us how to act. That's yeah. the thing. She was doing it more of just saying, "Be mindful." Mm-hmm. You know, when you're walking in these hallways, what you say, how you act, people are watching and people yeah. are making note, and people already have this profile, and they're just trying to fill it up to so that you can it. fit yeah. it. They're trying to prove it, you know. So it's like one thing that I, especially going into the field of education, is I want to change that. I want to be that kind of source to say, yo, guess what? You, whatever you're going through in life, you know, I may not be able to directly and resonate and connect with that, but I can tell you that guess what? If you work, if you work hard and you apply yourself, because that's the thing that people don't realize. People think that it's just about, it's, like, it's also about applying. If you apply yourself, yeah, you can do it. There's, yeah. there's places and there's, black people are doing great things. I think that's the great thing about this, especially this generation coming in, we're seeing so much black people in different positions in the world that it's it's actually mind-boggling. I feel like yeah, every day it is. black people get a new crazy position or new get into new status that we've never gotten to before. Yeah. You know? It adds hope. So you know? it adds hope. It's hope. And you know? and that's that's what I want to do. I think I think that's kind of my duty as a teacher going in is I, I want to connect with and it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if you're black, white or whatever. Yeah. As a child, I just I view you as you're the next generation. Yeah. And I think it's important that we nurture yeah. this generation. Well, they always say because the, the most important people are the youth, always. There's never a time where it's not yeah. the youth, you know. So Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I totally feel you, man. Because, like, you know, the whole experience we had in, in, in university, the experience you're going to give other students, you know, the experience maybe hopefully I'll have in my job, you know, it's all making a difference for the future generations that are coming in, you know. Exactly. Um, but, man. Anyways, we've been recording for over an hour now. 
We haven't got through mm-hmm. any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, we, 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 we've kind of tackled it. We've yeah. kind of tackled. A, we've touched on a little bit of the questions. We talked about it, you know. And I, I think it was a a good conversation. You know, I think the people would love to hear it. Um, of course, you're coming back on the show, right? I've already have other episodes planned to do with you, so hope you're cool with that. Um, give it a few weeks, though, you know, to rest your voice. We've been talking for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, man, it was great having you uh, to contribute your thoughts, contribute your ideas, and your and your and just your time to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, just quickly, Instagram, Twitter, what are they? Let the people know. Um, okay, see, <laughs> I, my Twitter, my Instagram are all kinds of messed up because obviously uh, the name I have is very popular. My Twitter <laughs> is Mr. Underscore underscore wavy spelt wavy spelt W A V E Y. Um, so Twitter, if you want to hit me up on Instagram, it's just Mr. Wavy with two e's so spelled exactly the same but just with two e's as my twitter i'll link them um i'll link them in the uh the description of the episode so they can yeah. check you out and then um, yeah another thing i just want to also shout out to um nate as well as having me on um i also want to point a highlight just something i've done um especially for last february um i did a show talking about black history they covered various different topics so um also that's also on my instagram I'm not on my Twitter. Don't worry about that. So check it out. Um, it's very insightful. I mean, I talk about different things. I try not to talk only about slavery. I promise. What I want to do. Um, I try so, to keep it um, short. Yeah, yeah. What I want to do with that, though, is I want to have you on a show again. Just to talk about that. Because I think your okay. Black History projects over the past few years, um, they've really stood, like, stood out to me personally. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to share that, you know, your thought process in, in, in the future. Um, maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll get you back on the show. And then um, you can talk about that. You know, like your My Black Is and then your Black History in Five Minutes and and, and, and um, the other projects. So, yeah, because I, I think that's a really cool thing you did. And I'm not I mean, waiting until Black History Month to talk about it. Every day <laughs> is Black History Month to me. So, <laughs> you know. I love that. I love that. Trust me, that is. It is. Yeah. You know, if you're living it, you're living it. Every day is, is your history, not one month. Right? But, yeah. Terrell Smith, everybody. Check him out on Instagram and Twitter. If you dare, he's also a tutor with here to help. You will see that information yeah, on his social. You find that on your social media, right? Your tutor info. Yep, yo. Um, right. you'll find it on. Uh, yeah, we on my Instagram. Um, just right now, because um the website, like the website's kind of like it's up, but we're having a little bit of problems. But um, so I don't have the exact link on my bio right now, but I will have it up soon. But you, you can, can also find um here to help has its own Instagram page, so. The here to help page is here, uh, so H E. I'll link it. A R. I'll link it to the oh, yeah. uh, in the episode. Yeah, you so can also link. Yeah, you can uh, DM or message here to help. You can message Terrell if you or any kids or whatever you know that wants tutoring of any kind. Let them know they're a great business, no, black run, black owned, right? They're black. They're black owned, right? Of course. <laughs> just making make sure. We just been talking about we talking right. about black ownership this whole time. You think I'm gonna go work for Man, I guess white right. people? Come well, on. Look, look, I'm doing that. I work for CIBC. Oh shoot! Don't fire me, CIBC. I don't care. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So check out here to help. Check out Terrell on his Instagram. I'll I'll uh, link it below. And please, yeah, reach out to him if you have any like tutoring uh, needs, whether for you or your kids. 
because I think tutoring is life-changing for some students, right? I'm sure Chalak can attest to that. It's life-changing, you know, not only for the education, but just for their self-motivation. You know, it's like you get a mentor and an educator in one package. So anyways, thank you all for listening. Terrell, any last words? Not like you're going to die or anything, but you know what I mean? No, no, no. We never, we don't say last words. We just say parting words, you know? Parting words, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. parting words. Nah, keep it real with yourself, you know, peace, one love. Um, I definitely can't wait to, you know, get on another episode and talk a lot more of sports and yeah. pro-blackness and a bunch of different crazy stuff. We'll schedule so, that. I yeah. feel like you would be the reoccurring guest, like every couple of weeks you come on the show, like, because I, I think it's, it's good. You know, we got the good chemistry, yeah. we got the charisma, boom come on the show i'm crazy once you I, guys need to know that <laughs> that's, that's a good thing listen trust me it, it there's there's more to come we'll work it out anyways i appreciate y'all for listening and that was terrell smith and if you want some insider i guess behind the scenes i had a list of questions planned as you probably gathered through the episode and we've got through about maybe two or three questions that's just how we are every time we hang out it turns into some massive conversation about things that may not even be coherent in any way, shape, or form. Anyways, I will definitely have Terrell back on the show. Um, yeah, he's a great guy to talk to, and I think him and I have a lot of stuff to share with you that you may find interesting or useful or just downright entertaining. And actually, let me know, please, if you want me to start a sports, I guess, um segment of the podcast maybe certain episodes dedicated to sports mainly focusing on afrocentric topics as always and afrocentric sports as always let me know please because i am more than happy and more than willing to do that because listen i love sports terrell loves sports and i think him and i together talking about sports could be pretty entertaining for you all anyways i really appreciate the support that you've been showing on the show for a long time and I will continue to produce higher and higher quality episodes as time progresses. Now please, if you want to have me produce these better episodes, motivate me. Check me on the social media, follow me, comment, like, share these episodes and it will go a long way. I'm not asking for your money but I have a Patreon as well, you can check that out. It's in the link uh, on my Instagram and Twitter. Um, but yeah, you don't have to check it out. But if you want to check it out, you can go check it out. Anyways, I'm Nate. This is the True Rafiki Podcast. Enjoy the outro music. You'll find the artist and song information in the description of this episode.
Brazilian people. <laughs> Brazilian people. Oh, one and all. We suffer too long. Oh, that time is at hand. 